Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Scripture reading today comes from the 13th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. It is Jesus' first parable as it's recorded in the Gospel. It is the parable of the sower of the seed. As we come to this passage, let let us first begin with a word of prayer. Gracious God, because you are God, your word is life for us. And because you are gracious, we trust that you will speak to us even now. We are here, O God. We are listening. Whisper your holy wisdom to us, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. Let's listen for God's word for us. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and brought forth some grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. So Jesus was a storyteller. His stories were poignant and at times funny, like the story we just read. We'll get to that in a moment. His stories were of ordinary life. He spoke of seeds and weeds, of religious folks who get it wrong and of folks who get it right that you would never expect. His stories were both simple and extravagant. Most importantly, his stories were windows into a life that he called the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, or as we refer to it, the promised day of God. And his stories, they they do more than just teach us about that life. They invite us into that kingdom life, the life that Jesus bet his life was real life. His stories invite us to let our faith in God's promised day shape and form our every action and choice. These stories provide wisdom that is a bit foreign to us. To really hear the stories is it's like putting on a pair of glasses that, that brings into focus 
truth that has always been there. We just never saw it before. It's a bit foreign. I I was traveling uh, with a group to Ghana, West Africa. We were there to visit the work of the Presbyterian Church. We visited hospitals and schools and churches that all have been built by Presbyterians, and, and it was quite inspiring. We visited a particular school in a village that was almost a full day's drive uh, away from any major city. There were probably, oh, 300 children attending the school. They shared desks. A couple of the classrooms were actually outside of the building. They just gathered under the shade of a tree. We arrived, we piled out of our Land Rover, and they got the whole student body, and they stood all in, in line in rows. They were, they were quiet as they could be. They just looked at us, some with great curiosity. Some of the younger children had never seen a white person before. They were about 50 yards away from us, and I was so impressed with how well-behaved they were. And I just waved to them, you know, I just waved to them. And then all of a sudden, Every single one of those kids broke lines and started running to us and calling to us. And in a second, we were surrounded by a whole school of children. And it was wonderful but confusing. What happened that caused all those kids who were just standing in line to all of a sudden rush to us? I didn't hear anybody, you know, shoot a starter's gun or blow a whistle or say anything and just like that. Then I learned, in Ghana, this means this. <laughs> I thought I was just waving, but I was summoning, and I didn't know it. I had to learn the local ways. I think, I think that's what Jesus is doing in his parables. He's teaching us the local ways of the kingdom of heaven. And I tell you, it's a different kind of life. It's a bit foreign to us, but we can learn it. In calling it the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is trying to get it into our heads that this way of life is not our idea. The life that he talks about is not something that we think up. It is of God. And it requires an adjustment on our part of what we think real life may be. The purpose of these stories is therefore not to get us into heaven so much as to get a little of heaven into us. So Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a sower who sowed seed. I have no green thumb. I, I, the only yard work I have ever done was purely by mistake. But I live with a woman who thinks it's play. And she has a green thumb, and she has taught me much. And what she's primarily taught me is that if we want anything to grow in our yard, we have to 
amend the soil. What, what, what that means is we got all kind of soil in our yard, but it's not going to grow anything. We got to go buy soil from suburban or soil servers or someone. That's real soil, and we mix it in because even if we have the perfect amount of sunlight and the perfect amount of water, it's not going to thrive if it's not good soil. So no farmer in his right mind would sow seed except in good soil. So as Jesus told this parable, I imagine the first listeners were doubled over with laughter because our farmer seems to have lost his mind. He has no concern about the harvest. He's evidently just being paid for distribution. He throws seed everywhere. Weed-infested ground, he sows seed. Rocky soil, he sows seed. In the middle of the street, he sows seed. It doesn't matter everywhere, anywhere, he sows seed. So it should not surprise us that he faces a lot of failure. A lot of his seed never produces, fails to thrive. Oh, he happens to stumble upon some good soil now and then, but for the most part, he fails. This farmer could have benefited from just a brief conversation with my wife. Now, if this were a story about agriculture, then we would say Jesus doesn't understand how things work. But of course, this is not a story about agriculture. He says he's talking about the kingdom, which he bet his life was what real life really is. And if I understand the text, the seed is a metaphor for faith. It's a metaphor for gospel. It's a metaphor for his life the life that he reveals. And so, if we're right about that, then the message of this story is this. There's no place, there's no circumstance, there's no situation, there's no relationship where the faith should not be trusted. The gospel should inform every moment of our lives because with the gospel, you can't always tell where the good soil would be found. So you sow it everywhere. In this sense, Jesus is a very honest storyteller. He knows that when it comes to living the kingdom, we're often going to fail. When it comes to trying to be his disciple, we're going to stumble at times. Sometimes, sometimes we engage in a mission effort and, and we think it through and we plan it and we set our goals and we know what we want to happen and we do our best and it just doesn't work. Sometimes we lost, launch a new ministry venture and it just doesn't work. Sometimes we try to be as faithful as we know how to be as the church. People still walk away. The church knows the reality of this parable. We know about rocky ground and weed-infested soil. But Jesus, if I understand him, he urges us, keep at it, trust the seed.
Trust the faith. Live it in every moment. Live it in every circumstance. Just keep on sowing the seed. You know, I, I, I think it was our first year here in town. I was making my way through the maze of ball fields that is the three and two complex. Some of you, like us, have spent a good portion of your life, I won't say good, just a portion of your life at three and two. I was a little late for the game, and I was looking desperately for the field where the fourth graders were playing. And as my, in my search, I happened to walk by a field where I think second graders were playing, and I think I saw a seed-sowing moment. There was a guy at the plate, number eight. He hit the ball. I don't know who he was, second grader. He hit the ball. It hopped past the pitcher into that no man's land between short and second. When he hit the ball, everybody in the stand started hollering, run, run, because number eight was still standing at home plate. And then he realized he'd hit the ball, and so he starts running. The shortstop scooped up the ball and threw it to first. It was a close play, but the ump called him safe. And when he did... Everybody cheered in the dugout, in the stands, even in the stands of the opposing team, which was not my universal experience on close plays at three and two, that everybody would cheer, but they did hear, and then they kept cheering. And I looked at number eight on first base, and he was doing everything he could to try not to smile. Have you ever looked at a seven-year-old, you know, that year of the big teeth, a kid trying not to smile? It's wonderful. Now, I didn't know any of these kids, but as the crowd continued to cheer, I think I realized what was going on. This was near the end of the season, and number eight, I think, had probably stepped up to the plate time and again, and had returned to the dugout after a strikeout, or a tap back to the mound or a pop-up to the catcher. But on this day, he's standing on first base doing everything he can, trying not to smile. And I imagine he had felt like he had just harvested a bumper crop. That's what Jesus teaches. Trusted the faith in every relationship and every circumstance. You will face failure, but keep at it. Let the gospel shape how you parent. Let the faith shape how you go about your work. Let the teachings of Jesus influence how you spend your money, how you spend your time. Let the teachings of Jesus shape what you want for your own life and what we want for this community. Trust the seed. Because the thing is, we can't always tell where that good soil is going to be. So sow it in every circumstance. You know, in recent months, as I've talked with you, usually by phone, a pretty co common conversation over the past months, you'll ask me, so how are things at the church? How are things at Village? And for a while, I lied to you. But then I started telling you the truth. And the truth, I would say, is I have no idea. 
I have no idea how it is at Village. We haven't been together in forever and a day. Our Sunday morning routines have adjusted, and I imagine there's some folks who are just going to stay with those new routines and not find their way back to us for a while. It's been harder to connect, and some friendship have lacked the necessary attention. Finances are tighter than they have been in other seasons. Some of our mission is postponed, particularly that kind that is face-to-face, person-to-person. We faced our share of rocky ground and weed-infested soil like everyone. How are we doing? I don't really know. But I realize that's really not the most important question. The most important question is not how are we doing. The most important question is what are we doing? And I know that in these in-between days, these days when we can imagine the promised day of God, but we know we are not there yet, in these in-between days, what, what I know is we are still a gospel people. What are we doing? We are still feeding the hungry, and they're everywhere. We're still caring for the sick and the emotionally exhausted. We're still catching the tears of the grieving and those who are worn down by loneliness. We are still being a people who sacrifice for the common good and who imagine and labor for a better life with regards to race and gun violence and poverty. We're still a gospel people. So we're keeping our baptismal promises to the youngest among us. And we're welcoming interns for the summer for our students. We are a gospel people. So we're staying in touch with our international partners, encouraging them in difficult times and learning from them what it means to sow the seed. And we continue to come here again and again and again to be reminded that there is a kingdom not of our making, but of God's making. And it's what real life looks like. So we strive to trust it again and again and again. And here and there, now and then, the God of this gospel blesses that. We have a bumper crop. Even when when we might feel that we failed, Jesus says, trust the seed. Trust the faith. Live it in every circumstance. Let it shape. Let Let what you have seen and known and learned in Jesus Christ shape everything about you. Trust the seed. That is enough. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.